Your top stories on Blitz this hour. Liverpool beat Wolves in 14th straight league win. We bring you the latest from the Australian Open. South Africa and England ready to lock horns in final test at the Bullring. New Zealand and India collide in T20 series opener. And Thomas Peters tops Omega Dubai Desert Classic after round one. Well, we're here at the Wanderers and the Proteas have a mission to level the series, to gain 30 Test Championship points and to keep England at bay as far as those rankings go. Currently, it's the battle between fourth and fifth in the Test world. But let's ask after Plessis, how do you have the perfect Test to make all of that happen? Yeah, most teams generally try and bat first year because there can be cracks that appear and, and on a day four and day five play a bit of a role. It doesn't look like that when you look at it now. It doesn't look as many cracks. So I'm hoping that that, that won't play as much of a role, the up and down towards the test. It looks like a decent wicket. Be good um, good if you get in. But always at the Wanderers, there is a bit of, obviously a bit of extra bounce. 330 plus. No team has lost if they score that first here at the Wanderers. But yeah. South Africa have had their share of pressure moments, right? This test match has brought that even from the very first test. You had a moment where you were 62 for four and then in the second innings, 97 for four. But you recovered from that in that first test. How much better prepared are you going into this Wanderers test if that happens? Yeah, we're just trying to make sure as a batting unit that we absorb better. Um, I think no matter what the format is, um, it's almost, it's always, you, we call it a batting sin. If you go bang, bang, or bang, 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 you lose two or three wickets quickly together. Because what that does is it completely brings the opposition in front of the game. If you lose a wicket, obviously the wickets will, it's obvious that you're going to lose a wicket. But really be as, as, responsible and as, as strong as you can in that next five or six overs to build a new partnership because that's how the partnership naturally it gets easier after a while um, and I think we haven't done that as well as we would have liked um, and we've worked hard on those first 30 40 balls getting yourself in summing up the conditions deciding what shots is on and what isn't on and then from there you play. There's a possibility that Archer and Wood will feature for England in this test. So the question to you, Fuff, is how does the batting unit get to 100 without loss? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think a lot of the guys are, are used to playing at, at the conditions here, so they understand what it takes to bat in that first session. Um, what are the do's and what are the don'ts? Uh, yeah, but for them, I mean, obviously they're a team that's, that has won, um, so to, to change their balance of their team would be something that is unlikely to do, you know, it's unlike to change your winning combinations, but they're obviously probably thinking coming up up north here, Joburg, where there is a bit, normally there's a bit more bounce and pace here, um, to try and use that to their advantage with pace. Um, I have to see how that works out for them. Who better to lead your bowling attack than Vernon Philander? I'll give you the stats because they are just that good. Seven matches at the Wanderers, 39 wickets and an average of 15.69. Wow, yeah, those records, people don't know how good that record is. Like, his average is a joke when it comes to the new ball. And that's something that we would like to see in this test match. You know, obviously at St. George's Park, the wicket was a little bit slower. What that created was that it took the, the effectiveness of Vernon Philander a little bit out of our bowling attack. 
and he's a weapon. We need to have the conditions where we can use him. Um, so hopefully it's, it's the story, the script is there for him to in his last match. Get the kind of pitch he likes and, and, and bowls really well and obviously most importantly finish with a win. It's do or die for the Proteas at Wanderers. With England 2-1 up in the series, South Africa will have to find success in the fourth and final test to salvage a draw. Catch day one live on your World of Champions. Off the back of a successful limited over series against Australia, India gear up for the start of their tour of New Zealand. The sides kick things off with a showdown in Auckland with the first of five T20 internationals. In their conditions, they've always been very, very strong and you know what they bring to the table in, when playing in New Zealand. So um, we're not going to take that for granted. Um, they know, as I said, they know their conditions well and they understand um, the angles of the fields and how the pitchers play. So I think they will have a slight um, home advantage. But having said that, we have played here a lot and the last time we came, we won both the series that we played. The last time India and New Zealand faced off was at the semi-final stage of the ICC Cricket World Cup last year, where the Black Caps advanced to the final. But with another World Cup on the horizon this year, focus shifts to prepare for that tournament in the shortest format of the game, rather than revenge. Honestly, even if you want to think of revenge, these guys are so nice, you can't get into that zone. <laughs> Honestly, we get along really well with all these guys and it's, it's all about just being competitive on the field. and. Um, as I said, in, 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 I think it was pre-match or post-match, I don't know which one it was, that they're probably one side that, that has set the right example for teams to play at the international level and how they should carry themselves. Uh, they obviously want to bring the best uh, that they can every ball of the game and their intention, their body language. But they're not, they're not nasty, they're not, they're not uh, you know, doing things which are, which are not acceptable on the field. It's a challenge for us to beat New Zealand here and uh, something that we, we're totally up for. India step out of their own backyard and they head down to New Zealand. The first T20 will be live on your World of Champions Supersport. After months of speculation, Bangladesh's tour of Pakistan finally got the green light, a tour that will start with the first of three T20 internationals in Lahore. The Gaddafi Stadium may not be the ideal place for the home side to start a series as they have not won a match at this venue in their last three fixtures. Overall, Pakistan have lost eight of their last 90 T20 matches, but still hold the number one ranking in the format, a spot they have occupied since January 2018. Nothing less than a 3-0 clean sweep of their next opponents will do if they are to prevent Australia from knocking them off their perch. Our aim is to win this series and retain the number one ranking. There is no pressure. What has happened in the past is gone. The thing is that we should not repeat the mistakes which we made against Sri Lanka. And we try to remain focused on our strength and perform well. Bangladesh had a respectable performance in their T20 series with India in November where they lost 2-1. Had it not been for a sensational spell by Indian seamer Deepak Chahar, who took six wickets that got between them and a momentous series win. In their last five T20 internationals, Bangladesh have won three before defeats in their last two. However, are worlds apart in the ICC rankings compared to their hosts down in ninth spot. This format is one with the slimmest of margins and given the Pakistani form, a series win for the Tigers is by no means out of the question. I think probably we left it uh, when we boarded the plane, so we left it at, the, at Bangladesh probably. So we're just thinking about 
playing uh, good cricket in Pakistan. It's uh, great to be back here and we're looking forward to put up a good show here. Bangladesh are perhaps the ideal opponent for Pakistan to overturn their recent failures as they sport an 80% record over the Tigers in the 10 T20s they've played. All eyes will be on Lahore where a significant marker will be laid for the rest of the series. Pakistan and Bangladesh will collide at the Gaddafi Stadium in the first of three T20 internationals. Coverage of every ball will be live on Supersport. The 16th match of the ICC Under-19 World Cup saw Australia lock horns with England in their Group B battle at the Diamond Oval in Kimberley. The Australians won the toss and elected to field first. England openers Ben Charlesworth and Jordan Cox put together an opening stand of 67 before the latter was caught and bowled by Todd Murphy for 25. Tom Clark could only add two runs to the total before he was sent back to the shed. Charlesworth proved to be the mainstay of the English batting lineup, recording his half century of 61 balls. Two more wickets fell before Charlesworth's dismissal, gone for 82. A couple more wickets fell, but Dan Moosley stepped up for his side. He resurrected England's innings, bringing up a quick fire 50 in style, 252 for seven in their 50 overs. Australia's chase got off to a poor start, with Jake Fraser McGurk sent packing just three overs in. The wicket of Sam Fanning was next to go, dismissed for 31, 11 overs later. With Australia in need of consistency, Captain Mackenzie Harvey stepped up to the plate, forming a solid partnership with Lachlan Hearn. The duo turned the match around with Harvey going on to record his half-century for the cause. However, his eventual dismissal in the 31st over, which brought an end to the 83-run collaboration, triggered a bit of a collapse, with three more wickets gone in quick succession, including that of Hearn. Needing 40 off the last three overs, few gave Australia a shout. Connor Sully and Todd Murphy, however, maintained belief and dug their side out the gutter to complete a phenomenal fight back. Lovely shot. This has been a superb victory, courtesy Sully and Murphy. Australia looked as though they'd won it, then lost it, and now they've won it by two wickets and England are out of the Super League phase of this World Cup. All the action from the ICC Under-19 World Cup resumes when India and New Zealand do battle for top spot of Group A. Be sure not to miss out. It's live from Bloemfontein, only on your World of Champions. A combination of a swirling wind and a very tough course setup meant that the scoring was very high today in the opening day of the Omega Dubai Desert Classic. More than two over par as an average. Lee Westwood, the winner last week in Abu Dhabi, could not have had a more different day. A 78, six over par. That was his fifth bogey at the 14th, and that's more than he had in all of last week. What a strange game this is. Henrik Stenson, former champion here. Hold one of the putts of the day at the par 3 4. This really was a bonus birdie for the Swede. On his way to an even par 72, and anything around par or better was very good scoring. Louis Hazen had one of those days when he really did look in control of his game, particularly here at 11. Lovely tee shot by the South African. As always, he's on the leaderboard after a 71.
The defending champion, Bryson DeChambeau, played some lovely golf. This was the shot of the day, out of position, in the thick rough on the fifth. Water to get over to the green, and he played a quite superb recovery shot. And then just to add the cherry on top, he would hold the putt for birdie. A 70 for DeChambeau, two under par. Strange day for Sean Norris of South Africa. He's playing the best golf of his life at the age of 37. At one stage, he was six under par. This was his second into the opening hole, his tenth. But then an unfortunate triple bogey at the ninth. His final hole dropped him back into the group at three under par. But he's still only two off the lead. David Lipsky was impressive as well. The American second into the 17th, one of five birdies. A 68 for four under par, but the man out in front after the opening round here in the Emirates course is Belgium's Thomas Peters. This birdie at the seventh was his third in a row. A 67 for five under par, Thomas Peters leads by one. With the battle so tight in the UAE, you simply can't afford to miss a second from the Omega Dubai Desert Classic. Catch round two, live and only on Supersports. Scoring was excellent on day one of the Gauteng Team Championship hosted by Dane Fern. Nine teams got it to double digits under par in the first round bettable format, but nobody was able to catch Heinrich Brainers and Andre Nell. The two combined for nine birdies and two eagles in a 13 under par 59 to seize a two-shot lead. Yeah, it was unreal, man. Um, we fed off each other quite a lot, which was nice. If I was in trouble, he sort of had my back, and when he was in trouble, I had his back. And it's just, yeah, at the moment, I don't know what to say pretty much. It was, it's always nice shooting 59, and with Heinrich as a partner, it's just unreal. Such a nice guy. It was so different, and it was so nice. Man. He's obviously, I think, almost about 10 years younger than me. So he had such good energy, he was so positive, so it was really nice to play with someone that had such a nice outlook to the game. He's got a lot more experience than I do, which is nice, so I can learn from him a lot. Um, we play a similar game, hit the ball, similar distances, which is nice, so he can help each other with clubs. And um, I think the biggest thing is, he's just easy to get along with. It's just easy to chat on the course, chat about other things, and it's just so much fun out there. In a share of second place are J.C. Ritchie and Jakub Prinzluer. The defending champions picked up where they left off 12 months ago with a sparkling 11 under par 61. We might have left one or two out there, but I think we definitely stole five or six. Um, we had some brilliant shots at times and then really dovetailed well. Um, one hole where I managed to hit, hit a terrible, Jakub managed to hit it close and vice versa. So, yeah, I think we really scrambled well together to put that score together. I think we play pretty similarly, you know, we both hit it far enough, luckily, and, and, and this course is kind of, um, the par fives are, are crucial, and the par fours, when you when you are aggressive, you know, you got wedges in most of the day, so, I mean, we kind of like that type of, especially when one, one acts in the fairway, you know, the other one can just hit it as hard as he wants and give yourself a lot of wedges and a lot of chances, so, yeah, I think we, we jowled good together in this game, yeah. Jake Ruiz and Christian Basson were out first on Thursday morning and posted the early clubhouse mark. They'd finished the day though, tied second. Champions of the inaugural event, Henny Duplessis and John Hugo, are a further shot back on 10 under par.